Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. All righty, we are officially live and in the house. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. I am Ashley. We are here for Not Your Mama's News, news from the clown world of today that matters to you, but not your mama. And with us, ladies first, Stella Q, how are you? Oh, just Stella Q first. Um, I'm very good, thank you. <laughs> Always good to be here. And very, very happy to have our um, expanded group. Yes, uh, absolutely. And I was going to say, to return with us, the prodigal, Terry Canary. Hello, Terry. We're happy to have you back with us. How are you? It's great to be back in the Not Your Mama's News virtual studio. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> absolutely. And with us, you know him. You love him. You've begged for him. It's America's <laughs> sweetheart. It's Justin the ism can. How are you, Justin? Howdy, folks. <laughs> I was going to say something different, but then I'd probably need to get my self-ascensor button to save uh, our editor from some... Never mind. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Good, thank you. Good. So my understanding is that I am the only person here with a bit of a black pill. However, I think it's an important black pill. On the heels of our recent release of the Union of the Unknowns episode that we did with Chuck Ocelli, who was known uh, as the blind JFK researcher who has dedicated his life and career to researching the JFK assassination. I wanted to bring a bring that to everyone's attention, but I also wanted to say that we are coming up on the 60 year anniversary of the JFK assassination happening in two days, 11, 63, uh, a day that changed the world. And from Chuck's opinion, if you refer to our episode, he believes that one of the major reasons that JFK was assassinated was due to his desire to withdraw the United States from the Vietnam conflict. So that's something that I wanted to touch base in with you guys. And I know that Terry has an interest in JFK as well. So uh, I wanted to bring that to the fore here. Yes, I was very uh, upset. I missed out on the JFK episode. It's one of my little obsessions. Uh, I agree with that assessment that it was probably largely to do with his wish to withdraw from the Vietnam War. Although there's some other theories that, that knock about that he wanted to um, do something about the Fed and um, you know the currency problem. And I'm not sure I believe that. And a lot of people talk about an Israeli connection as well because... Uh, there's some connection with the Israeli, Israeli nuclear program that JFK might have been trying to interfere with. But I, I think the most likely one was, was a simple one that he, he, the CIA were obviously pissed off with him about Bay of Pigs, that they, they, he hadn't given them support for the invasion of Cuba. And uh, from there on, it was all downhill, really. I think his days were numbered. So. Yeah, very sad. Uh, maybe not as black pill as, as it used to be. You know, we've had 60 years to get over it. But to my mind, it's one of the first big events where people stop trusting the government, really, because 
the official story is so ludicrously unbelievable <laughs> that I think even the normie, normiest of normies back then started to think, well, you know, there's something wrong about this. Yeah, it may have been 60 years ago, but hashtag never forget. Well, it's funny, it's funny you say that because over 60 years, a whole lot of boomers have done a whole lot of mental gymnastics stuff. Okay, well, even if George H.W. Bush, as head of the CIA, did have him murdered, surely they'd never do that again. Yeah, and uh, I did want to to bring that point that, yes, and there's a book written by Russ Baker, uh, who's talking uh, basically uh, an in-depth analysis of the Bush family, and he does say he, well, and I'm, I'm getting ready to bring this up, that uh, Sir Tim of the Tunnels gentleman skeptic is saying here about the George H.W. Bush connection. And I actually asked Chuck about that. So he didn't necessarily think that H.W. Bush was involved in the way that some of us are thinking. Um, I think it's an interesting point, though. And the other point that I wanted to make about it was that some people think that it has to do with the mob because the mob, they were kind of involved with them, that the mob helped them to get elected. But I had a thought on this today. If that's truly the case, then why would the documents still be classified? Right. Wouldn't they be happy to throw the mob under the bus and just say, oh, yeah, it was the mob. But instead, we still have classified documents 60 years later. And then the other point that I thought about was this is I believe the CIA utilized this event to coin the term conspiracy theory in order to silence and um, marginalize dissent from the standard narrative. So it was very important. It wasn't the first PSYOP, but it was the first assassination of a president, and it was definitely leveling up, in my opinion. Silence of the Lambs yeah. sort of immediately comes to mind there. It's almost like the beginning of people questioning, uh, with, for want of a better term, the sheep questioning. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a really good point. So uh, gentleman skeptic Sir Tim here says, unless you were George H.W. Bush, if you were cognizant in 1963, you remember where you were. I wonder if they are going to refresh that trauma. I think that that is uh, a really good point. I was going to make that point. There are at least three uh, either presidents or future presidents present in Dallas on that day. Nixon was there. Kennedy was there, obviously, and George H.W. Bush was there, but he doesn't remember where he was, apparently. Everyone else remembers where they were on the time of the assassination. He says, oh, I was in Dallas, can't quite remember where I was. So that's very fishy in itself. Going okay. back to your earlier point, I, th I, I think the mob were definitely involved. The CIA and the mob had been working together since the Second World War. 100%. Um, very closely. So um, I think that it needed a lot of factions to come together. Probably Hoover, the head of the FBI, was somehow involved. Maybe Lyndon Johnson. A lot of people suspect that he had some involvement because he was a very shady character. And, uh, you know, I think it needed a lot of different people to working together to put the, pull this off. And the CIA may have just used the mob as the, as the hitmen and then covered yeah. their tracks. So um, that gave I them some distance from the, from the act. That's that's also a really good point and very interesting. And I, I wanted to point out, too, that Chuck O'Chelly was recently at a conference in Dallas this past weekend. And he also ended up having um, a several hours interview with 
coast to coast um, AM radio. So I just wanted to point people to Chuck's work because he, you know, there are some disagreements even within the JFK research community about what happened, who did it and things like that. So I started listening to the first episode or the first hour and he was discussing the secret service agent who was protecting Jackie that day. And essentially saying at best, he thought he was misremembering at worst. He thought that he was, um, maybe just trying to, you know, to benefit himself from that situation and that he wasn't necessarily telling the whole truth. So mm-hmm. it's really wild to me how little we know, even after all this time, but how fascinated people continue to be with the subject 60 years later and, and how impactful that was. And even Stephen King wrote the fictional book, 11, And of course he had the normie take, But he also said that ultimately he believed that. And he also did some trial run-throughs of like what would have happened, what would have been left if JFK would have still been there. But the truth is, is that we don't know. And he could have actually done some good while presidents still had some say. And let's not forget the uh, numerology there, 1122. And I'd also like to point out that Ashley just said, quote, when president still had to say, <laughs> clearly, clearly that was not the case. They literally <laughs> murdered him. Oh, okay. Well, maybe yeah. when they thought they still had a say. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry to be my cynical <laughs> self, but I have to be. Um, I don't believe that he was the, actually the, you know, the really good guy that everyone sort of, you know, everyone needs a hero. Definitely not. No, well, I don't think so not, either. No. He, he had some shady connections with his past as well. And uh, yeah. there's talk that he actually fiddled he fiddled the election. To, um, you know, there was a lot Wait, of election he... fraud going on to actually <laughs> get him in power in the first place. And then there's the implication that he was he and his brother were involved in Marilyn Monroe's death because she was being essentially used in a way like the Mossad setup with Jeffrey Epstein, right? Yeah. She was a honeypot. She was an Intel communicator, supposedly. So I definitely I think don't think that, yeah. that he was um, a good guy. I think he was part of the big club, but I think that he had ideas of his own. And whenever you go rogue, you fuck around, you find out. Whenever you go rogue, you get blown. There you go. Something yeah, like did- that. He, he he had the delusion that he was in he was the one in charge you know being president and yeah if you get a bit uppity like that they tend to strike you down don't they yeah as we say in the south he got too big for his britches um i also wanted to say hello shout out jen over there on rumble and then we have uh tunes and keel and gentleman skeptic in our youtube chat so i wanted to thank everybody for joining us today. Um, very happy to see you all. Can I comment on a comment? Sure. Oh, and that was the Push exact that. comment. Imagine being named Halfcock. <laughs> Good day, ladies and gentlemen. I am Sir <laughs> Halfcock. That's like Graham Hancock. It's like, get get your hand off, mate. <laughs> is, that, is, that is that Sir Tim um, and he's using his nom de plume there? Well, yeah. I, they, if uh, if, if he, it was, you just doxed it is. him. No, he doxed himself he's last saying, time. That, yeah, uh, no, he doxed himself. No, I've got something <laughs> to say about that because he's saying that one of the most prolific snipers in the Vietnam conflict tried to replicate Oswald's shot and he couldn't do it. The FBI yeah. tried, tried multiple times to replicate Oswald's magic three shots 
from the book depository and, and not one of them could get anywhere near his performance. This is true. The shots have been fired quickly for a start. He's using a World War II bolt-action rifle. Okay. Yet, you know, he's managed to achieve deadly accuracy with this thing. So does that does that disprove – I mean, I think that it disproves Lee Harvey Oswald, right? He wasn't an expert sniper, etc. But does it disprove no. sniper theory or does it – does it say that somebody, the person that did it was closer or kind of what is the overall sentiment in that regard? Well, multiple shooters, I think. Uh, the House Committee on Assassinations, and I think it was in 1976, in their own independent investigation, you know, this is like a government investigation, decided it was a conspiracy. So they decided it, but they said, you know, Oswald was one of them, but there was someone else as well. So, uh to me, if you look at the original to the Bruder film, there's no doubt that the killer shot comes from the front. So on the you know the yeah. notorious grassy knob. Do y'all believe that Oswald was involved at all? That he fired even one single no. shot? No, just a patsy. He was, yeah, he was I'm not sure about that. Working for military intelligence. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, sorry, I could talk about the JFK assassination phrase. I've read, I've read loads about it. But <laughs> the, policeman, the policeman ran into the book depository to try and work out what was going on. And they almost immediately came upon Oswald in the lunchroom about two floors down from where he was supposed to do the shooting. And he wasn't sweating. He wasn't out of breath. He was just getting a Coke from the Coke machine to go with his lunch. So, you know... It, and there were witnesses who'd rushed down the stairway he was supposed to use to go outside and see what was going on. And they never saw anyone. So I don't, I don't even think he was in there. And if he that, was, that I, wouldn't, I would not be surprised at all if he was sort of there ready, you know, almost even looking through the scope or whatever and then watched it happen and then just went, holy crap, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, That's sort of my scenario in my head. He well, was that's basically... Sound. That's basically what happened in that movie Shooter, where it was basically, you know, the exact same thing. Shooter? Yeah. Great uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think. Oh, the movie. Wahlberg. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wahlberg. Oh, that name. and I did want to say that Jen also was saying that uh, Marilyn was for sure high IQ beta sex kitten pre-Mansfield. And I do think that that's a really good point. He said, that's what other researchers have said. I spent hours looking for a pic, but couldn't find one oh, of her hand covering her eye. So yes, I definitely think that there was, as far as the Marilyn Monroe connection, there was some very deep, shady stuff going on. And she does seem to have a lot of the hallmarks of somebody who was very traumatized. So nothing would surprise me in that regard as far as, far as she goes. Yeah. Can I ask a, a, a question? Is there the conspiracy theory that JFK wasn't actually assassinated and he's alive and well? <laughs> I, I like haven't to, heard I'd that. I'd like to think there is one. Yeah. Living in Argentina with Hitler. <laughs> that was literally... We're on the same page, Terry. We're halfway across the world, but on the same page. It's somewhere in the bu the bunker in Antarctica. Oh, I liked I liked when you butchered it first and said somewhere in the butt. <laughs> so I uh, I never really thought that he was one of the ones that could have that survived, especially because they took out Bobby as well.
Yeah, yeah well, it's a whole, yeah. um, they said it was they? a curse yeah. of the family, didn't they? And also, of course, the young one, John, and yes. his girlfriend on the plane. Yeah. Okay, oh. so, yeah, so Sertan was saying there's one about JFK Jr. not dying in that plane crash. No, I did hear that, yeah. and I also <laughs> That's heard very that cute. he was supposed to come back. There's an with, idea that he's Q, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and... and Tunes says that he saw his brains unless Photoshop was invented in the 60s. I would counter with, you saw someone's brains. Ah, well, there were two autopsies, yeah. So and he's in the, the original brain was missing for a long time. Um, oh. So there, there were witnesses at the autopsy said, you know, I, the, the one that they, they showed to the public is not the what not the guy I was examining in the autopsy room. The so other thing... The point that I wanted to bring up in addition to that is that the guy who did the autopsy is this famous, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Autopsist. That's Mortician. not right. Coroner. <laughs> the coroner. Yeah, coroner. But, <laughs> what did you say, Stella? What you said, coroner. Yeah, okay. So the, that, that was the same guy that did Jeffrey Epstein's secondary autopsy not and the first was, one wow, and really? he was retired at that point correct and he came yes. out of retirement just well, to do that he oh. would be hi hired by families who wanted his expert opinion or attorneys who wanted his expert opinion so it was actually jeffrey epstein's brother that hired him to do the second autopsy and then of course he had the same conclusion that we all have hashtag epstein didn't kill yeah, himself yeah, yeah. Because he's still alive. We've got uh, we've got one of those coroners in Britain. They they wheel him out for all these false flag, uh, <laughs> yeah. one, you know, operations. <laughs> oh yeah, he died this way. You know, isn't it amazing how no matter where you are, it's always the same people that are connected to all this fuckery. Yes, that's the one, Michael Bodden. Yes, Sir Tim for the. Win. Oh, you're on it, Tim. You're on it. Yeah, that's always the one. welcome. And it's so fascinating, too, like what Terry said, is that they have their people that are wheeled out often enough to help, you know, meet whatever the narrative happens to be, yet not quite so much as to put off alarm bells, but enough to be like, oh, well, this guy's really an expert. We better really listen to what he said. Uh, sorry. Yeah. In, um, sorry, I, I was going to say, in the case in Britain, they... Um... There was like a, a some false flaggy shooting that happened up in the north of England, but they they actually used this coroner in London, which they weren't supposed to do, because you know the rule the law said you're supposed to use a local coroner. The same thing happened in JFK. I think the Dallas coroner was officially supposed to be doing the autopsy, and he was kicked out by all these military and intelligence people, you know, uh, which wasn't the law. He, he was supposed to be doing it, right? And you well, would, you know. That's not suspicious at all. Um, no. <laughs> I just wanted to address um, Toon's comment here. I saw his brains unless Photoshop was invented in the 60s. Well, um, apart from the fact that, yes, they still could do film tricks, um, they've been doing that for a lot longer before the 60s. I mean, very crude, but they were. So that is a possibility. However, um, Photoshop, I'm not really 100% sure of the very first version of Photoshop but I'm going to sort of uh, guess it was maybe very late 90s, which kind of equates to, um, 
you know, the, they don't show us the latest technology. What we get are toys, basically, by the time we reach them. They're like introductory kindergarten toys compared to what they have, in yeah. my opinion. Even in 95, I could fuck around on Microsoft Paint, make some pretty compelling shit. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, who knows what they were doing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I sort of tend to agree. It's like I don't know how much a coroner would be able to find because it certainly is sure as heck looked like his brains, you know, made some, you know, new upholstery. I don't know. It just went everywhere, didn't it? Sort of the top of his head was there basically was blown off. fuckery going on in, in, in those autopsy, in that autopsy. Well, those autopsies because there were at least two so you know there was a lot of uh, stuff going on <laughs> apparently they took a, a um, the casket that everyone saw on television didn't actually hold his body and they had another secret one living around the back so there was all sorts of funny stuff going on yeah yes and, and also sorry Go. i was just gonna say the other the other thing about the switching out the corners that I thought was really strange is that if you're as prepared as you're supposed to be, okay, I'll give you an example. So in the case of DeMar Hamlin, right with an NFL game in order to, for like the location of the stadium and all that stuff, you have to be within a certain square mile of a level four trauma center, right? So you would think, that the game plan for if something happens to the president would be a lot more locked down than like, oh, oh, this coroner is not allowed to do it, right? You would think that you would have a whole team. Mm -hmm. And and even if you really cared about the president and you took that job seriously, you wouldn't want to think about that. But you would need to be prepared for that, right? You would need to be prepared. So the coroner in that town would should know you're not on this gig if it was all on the up and up. That's a thought and let's not forget that after the incident um the car took off and then when it was kind of out of shot basically um it took off and it hesitated well it stopped somewhere out of sight under yeah. a correct me if i'm wrong terry um under a bridge or something and it sat there for i can't remember the amount of time it was something like a minute or a minute and a half or something now who knows what was happening there i'm you know if it was legit let's pretend obviously it would be a sort of Let's get him out of here and then let's stop here and turn around and suss out exactly the situation. But what actually happened in that time when they were under the bridge? Was there a swap over? Was there who knows what sort of fuckery might have gone on? Yeah. And yeah, uh, the other not, thing I about think you're that, right. And the, I, would, I was going to say just, it, it, the car actually stopped during the shooting when the driver, according to his training, should have taken off. You would have thought he actually slowed right down just before the, the big headshot. You know, so that was a bit suspicious in itself. Yes, yes, yeah. it did, didn't it? Yeah. And then that also, uh, as far as the bridge statement goes, that reminded me of Diana's death because we know that they were under a bridge, stopped for a very, very long time before getting medical help with her. Um. So really quick, <laughs> Toons was saying, has there been a follow-up on the Hamlin situation? So he is back this season, but I don't really know how much he has played. And then I have seen people, of course, questioning whether or not it's actually him or not. Um, so I haven't seen a lot of a follow-up in that regard, Toons, but he is supposedly back playing with the Buffalo Bills. It puts the vaccine on its skin or it gets the hose again. <laughs> yeah. 
So Gentleman Skeptic said it could be that a lot of the protocols regarding the president are a result of the JFK assassination. Problem, reaction, solution. That's a good point. Yes, it always is, isn't it? I mean, that's just an underlying bed, really. They build all their nefarious constructions on. On the like, how bad right. did the Secret Service fuck up that day? Like, you have one job. If yeah, someone exactly. starts shooting at yeah, the yeah. president, you yeah. put yourself in between him and the bullet. Yeah, well, they didn't fuck up. They actually did their job. Terry, clearly, I, I think they. I think they changed the route as well. If, if you watch the film JFK, it actually gets a lot of things right, according to the, the books I've read. And the, 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 the thing about changing the route, so they have to go around that slow turn and bring him into the sort of kill zone, I, as far as I know, is true. So there, there was a lot of, I, th I think there had to be a lot of hands involved because there was a lot of coordination that had to go on. Um, that is, yeah, that's a good point. And that's the Oliver Stone film that you're talking about, Terry. Yeah. The Oliver Stone. Uh, Oliver Stone. Yeah. Yep. Stone, which is a, um, uh, what do you call it? Version, I suppose of Stein. Anyway. <clears throat> so really quick before we move out of this subject, I wanted to say <laughs> that, uh, Jen said the older latitude and longitude of Dallas was 3396. And then he also said Point de Alma, Bridge of the Soul, was uh, happened to oh, wow. where was Diana was taken. Wow. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so this topic is certainly, we could spend uh, a lot of time talking about this, but I did want to just bring that up because of Chuck Ocelli, our episode with him, the anniversary coming up. But I do want to go ahead and, and uh, move us forward. So why don't we go with just Terry's story? Before we do, just before we do, I just wanted to add one very last little comment. Oliver Stone, I don't trust in any way, shape or form, nor do I trust his son, Sean, who's self-confessed Muslim. Not that there's anything wrong with that, just saying. Um, and <laughs> yeah, there's uh, Roger Stone is another one. Um, I, you know, I have, I'm not saying this off, you know, speaking out my butt. It's because I've read some stuff and it is possible. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's possible. And I personally, I uh, think they're in the club moving on. Sorry. Thank I, you, have, Ashley. I have one more. Um, it's real quick. Terry mentioned Vietnam. And, uh, did you guys know that in Vietnam, they don't call they, they call it the American war, not the Viet. Non-war. Oh, really? right. Fun fact. It's like, oh, that makes sense. Mm. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it was one great big experimental thing, really. I mean, they were trying out a whole bunch of stuff in the Vietnam War, um, yeah. including from weather modification to I don't the know tactics. I guess I don't know. Yeah. The trouble is, yes. if you call something the American War, doesn't really narrow it down very much, does it? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> So uh, Tim says killing of the king ritual. If you really want to get into the woo woo around JFK, for sure, there's a lot of yeah. woo woo there. Yeah, and then I'm sure um, I'm sure Jin and Tim could probably have a quite interesting conversation. We should yeah. have them both on sometime. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jin said that Sean Stone is a total alien tard, and then he said uh, about the. <laughs> 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 the killing of the king, he said, true, he had a show known Eslan front Gaia. Oh, that, that must be one of the stones there that he's talking about. Yeah, they're all sus as hell. 
Oh, it's definitely the, the War of Northern Aggression, the Civil War, yes. Tim. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim has pointed out that the Civil War in the South is called the War of Northern Aggression. Quite rightly so, I think. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, yeah, very much so. All right. Well, that was a really lovely discussion, but I do want to make sure that we have time for everybody. So, Terry, why don't you uh, tell us about your story? Well, I, I have some potential white pill uh, moments here. Um, now, I forgive you if you're going to be very skeptical about this, but we have an apparent new libertarian president of Argentina, Javier Milei, uh, who surprisingly has won the just won the Argentinian election. And he's supposed to be uh, a bit of a fan of um, people like Rothbard, who's one of his dogs is named after them. So I've got a nice article from the Western Journal here, which um, maybe go in the notes uh he's now taken control of the casa rosada the pink house did you know that the argentinian president lives in the pink house it's a bit gay isn't it but anyway i was um, just about to yell gay he, he, <laughs> he's he was goalkeeper for a, a, a football team in buenos aires but uh more importantly he's uh, he had an interview with tucker carlson and the, he he's talking about things like getting rid of the central bank he wants to get rid of a lot of government departments. Um, what else? He's um, He wants a sort of sound currency. Uh, he's uh, very much against socialism and communism. He's, he's quoted here, I have a clear agenda which goes against everything that is socialism or communism. Everyone who is against socialism or communism is on the side I am on. This is my guiding principle. Um, so, uh, and the mainstream media are calling him the sort of Argentinian Trump, so <laughs> and uh, obviously a racist and a right winger and a, a dangerous Nazi. So basically, it can't all be bad, I think. Uh, so yeah, it's very interesting to see. Uh, you know, uh, I fear for him because uh, I think we all know that because that of his allegiance to, to Israel. The... Yeah, well, I fear for him because. <laughs> Leaders in the past who've tried to get rid of uh, central banks have not done very well. I'm thinking of people like Gaddafi, Saddam Hussein, uh, Assad in Syria. They, all these all these countries have in common. They've tried to sort of go away from the, the central bank and the dollar hegemony, and uh, things didn't end very well for them. So if he's serious about some of those plans, he might want to employ a few more bodyguards. Talking of assassinations, as we were just now. Um, I'm gonna what, okay, go. What, what South American country was it that made Bitcoin their legal tender? El Salvador. El Salvador. Uh, Salvador. Yeah. And they're doing very well, apparently. Their economy's grown a lot in the last few years since they made that announcement. Definitely over the last few weeks. Bitcoin's back up to over 37. Yes. <laughs> Praise to the moon. Oh, it, it so what do we think? Are we all very skeptical or, or are, we, are we optimistic that something good might come out, of it, come out of this? So obviously there's the WEF connections, which, I mean, is the WEF just putting up pictures of anti-war establishments to make us think that there is some conspiracy theory with the WEF? or well like that, that how is a possibility because uh, i think yeah sorry carry on i'll let you finish it's just how deep does the does the psyop psyop 
How deep is your psyop? Is your psyop? How deep Very is nice. your <laughs> It's definitely deeper than my butt. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Tulsi Gabbard is always, always claiming that she's not a member of the WEF and is, is sort of always uh, having arguments with the WEF of claiming her as a member. So I don't know what side you believe there, but it wouldn't surprise me if they, if like Justin says, they claim members just to sort of make out they're on the wrong side of things. Hey, but I, I think it's possible. And I do think that uh, there, this is certainly a very divisive topic today in the Liberty community about who is this guy, uh, you know, a WF puppet. He, he is definitely a Zionist. Um, you know, I, I always get skeptical, especially in today's day and time. I would love to be hopeful. I would love for him to be based in red pilled. And I, I hope that he is, but as you said, if, if he truly is, then, he's in danger <laughs> would you like a based in yeah. and red-pilled moment regardless of yes. any affiliations he may have the fact of the matter is i mean if, if we're assuming that elections at least in this specific scenario are in fact not fake and gay then the base <laughs> red-pilled moment would be that a country elected a president that was at least saying those things, which is a monumental step towards freedom and prosperity. Yeah, that's, that's that a is, good point. Uh, that is very much what Tom Woods said about it today. He said, you know, if, even if he doesn't go, go through with these and, promises, the fact that he got so much support by saying those things is a really good sign. And I didn't even have to read that three dozen paragraph monologue he wrote. <laughs> So Okay, so uh, Jen over on Rumble, well, he's saying a lot of things, but he said at least a Zionist tells you who they are, whereas a true Sabbatean is only subversive. And he said that he does agree with you. <laughs> um, may, I, so, may I put my two cents in now? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm if imagining could... you're going to be somewhat skeptical, Stella. <laughs> that'd, be that'd be right. <laughs> If I could reach through the screen and grab you all and slap your face, I would. <laughs> Excellent. Consider myself slapped. And shake you around a bit and say, for fuck's sake, wake up. Because, like, <laughs> I don't mean that with love, but come on. Come on, I mean, people. You could probably come do on. That. You could probably do that with Terry, but... Me and Ashley are Americans that practice our constitutionally protected amendments. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah. Um, look, Quite right. we, have, we, have we learned nothing, people? Come on. There's a WEF connection here. Like, Legal Man basically said it all. He didn't, did he even put a word in that post? I bet he didn't. He probably just posted that picture. Did he say anything? Like, was it the picture says it all? What are you talking about? Legal man's post of the WEF connection with... Uh... Oh, I don't know. I don't think I saw okay. it, or if I did, I didn't read look, it. Oh, we, 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 look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if this is offensive, but we really need to grow up, okay? We've got to stop thinking that there's going to be a, oh, this hero is good, that hero is good. These heroes are supplied. These people are inserted. I don't know. No, it is infiltrated. They are selected. Hero. 
Yeah, but he is because I, I don't if agree. you saw the footage, no. you would well, see I, that I, the population were were cheering and he's going, oh, and they're all just going, yay, we've got freedom. I, there was lots of freedom that signs. After, that happens after every election. That happened with Joe Biden, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Well, I'd what I'm also saying, say... I, I don't agree. I don't agree with the with the principle that all politicians are exactly the same. I think you can get presidents that are slightly better than others, you know, and and governors of American states that are slightly better than others. It's like they like have penetrated like the cabinet. I'd much rather live in Florida under DeSantis than live in California under Newsom. Well, okay, well, you know, you believe you, know, you, you guys believe in whatever you want. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's well, just my take. Sorry, I know it's harsh, but as we've got to get as, real. As far as the people in Argentina are, you know, I would assume that they're living in such abject poverty that the only thing keeping them going is hope that someone's going to come in and not just fucking murder everyone. But I okay. do agree well, Time that, will tell. Time will tell. I do agree that everyone... All in the libertarian sphere, you know, sucking his dick is a bit premature to say. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Especially Absolutely. the you biggest... see what he does. My biggest red flag was when Ben Shapiro took a screenshot of him winning the election and posted, quote, this is awesome. It's like, oh, we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've been in a real... Up. Uh, a real weird place lately, too, considering what's going on with the Middle East, right? Because a lot of people are obviously, they're huge Zionists, and that means that they're on the same page as like Hillary Clinton and a lot of other of the absolute worst people. However, if you are taking a stand of like, what's going on here? Uh, the Palestinian people are, you know, they're suffering right now. Uh, you're trying to do genocide, all this stuff, then then you're on the same page as like Rashida Tlaib, which is equally horrible. Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah. think the whole, sh it all sucks, basically, you know? Um, well, as a Southerner, I don't I, I appreciate think... you condemning Rashida Tlaib just because she's married to her brother. Wrong. That's the other one. The other <laughs> member of the squad. Uh, I think... Uh, Ilhan Omar. I think actually that's uh, yeah. I think actually that's why they played that Middle East conflict card because you know you're either going to be with Hamas and that's terrible or you're going to be with Israel and that's also terrible and you know and the people who say well I think there are bad people on both sides they end up sounding like Trump don't they so you know there's no win you, there's no way to win this particular one yeah yeah look uh, as an Aussie, I don't really, I'm not really that familiar with a lot of these characters like you guys are. But what was it, Imran Omar? What's a, what's her name? Ilhan Omar. Ilhan. Ilhan Omar. Uh, I remember, right back in the when was it? 2020 was the election year. Um, I remember, and you know, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Project Veritas either because I think they're probably CEOs. But regardless, um, there was some very, very damning videos that came out. I don't know if, I don't even know if they're still around or whatever. I haven't looked at them, but that, that was quite kind of eye-opening. So whether we were meant to see it, probably. But um, a lot of the uh, immig immig immigration sort of areas, you know, I mean, we know that they're being brought in for votes. So and she she was a pretty major player in a lot of the um there was some quite damning video that I saw and some points made about her and her community and what she was sort of directing about the um voting 
you know, the basically the fuckery. Sorry to swear again. It's been terrible this episode. Oh, I said the I'm a bit riled in, up. I said the S word <laughs> in chat. We're we're screwed. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, there was. Okay, good, good. We're all in the same club. It's a little club, and we're all in it. <laughs> but um, yeah. I saw some pretty damning <laughs> video of her sort of basically at the head of the the, the legless lizard. <laughs> I wouldn't say snake, but legless lizard. Um, yeah, just completely voting. Yeah, sorry, I'm just repeating myself now. But I just remember it was quite damning in the sense of unless this is a completely scripted thing and she's completely playing along, there's got to be some little form of exposure here and there even though, again, Project Veritas is possibly part of the script, but probably actually. But anyway, I just sort of, I always remember her. She went into my slot of caution back then when I didn't really know much about it, and now it's just like, yeah, this, it's all part of the play. Absolutely. I, I definitely have found myself uh, just thinking, man, this is really awful. If you have anything that <laughs> on any issues that you happen to be coinciding with the squad on, because they're horrible progressives, you know, they're awful. Um, but in this this one little issue, as far as like, maybe we shouldn't start World War Three, they're actually right. And I do think mm -hmm. that uh, part of this has been to continue the divide and conquer narrative just to give people more shit to fight about basically um so tunes had said the argentina demographics is 90 percent white the libertarians will open the borders and make it another melting pot nation uh fair they uh they have really been awful and very woke uh lately so i'm a hundred percent with you in that um yeah yeah, I mean, let's look at the whole immigration thing, the whole agenda. Let, let's take a step back again to the really, really big picture. The whole agenda is to eradicate whites, um, dilute white, and make the population brown, or as I prefer to call it, beige, sort of the colour that you put on walls, you know. Um, and that's the whole idea is to basically eradicate um, all those things, nationalism, unity, um, nation nation pride different kind of pride uh they, i mean that, that's what they do they're even sabotaging the words so we can't even say certain words like pride resilience etc um it's like no nope, they own that i don't i don't even want to say that word anymore because i'm going to be in my head at least associating with their agenda so that that's what they're doing and it's fairly obvious they're bringing the immigrants in because a they're going to get a whole bunch of votes B, you know, supports the narrative, etc. And I wish that they would wake, the immigrants themselves would wake up to the fact that they are going to be discarded like trash when it suits oh, them. Yeah. So. Well, I saw a really hilarious story that some some immigrants were uh, starting to go back to their their home country because it was so bad <laughs> living in the States. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. Okay, so I wanted to say that Ando, uh, hey Ando, shout out. Uh, I had oh, to hey, check Ando. and see who it was. He's Dose Toes. Hey, but he said that Toons makes a good point. And Jen just, also said on the Lulbert topic, he said, absolutely, the quote, war ruined online libertarians. 501c4s are just dark money packs. I know this is spicy. Um, I, I'm with you. I really think that a lot of the, the quote, libertarian people online, I'm like, you're just woke. You're like, you're, you're awful. You're just awful. This is why everyone hates you. Ashley, can we go one podcast without you doxing someone? 
He does not stand out. <laughs> his picture is Burn Babylon Burn, which is the name of his podcast. So sorry, Ando. Um, so Sir Tim said, in order to solve race relations, we all got to keep fucking until we're this, until we're all the same color from the movie Bullworth. <laughs> I mean, I married an Asian, so sorry, white race. Yeah, it's because you're an operative. And and you're a part of the Caligari plan, Justin, I'm sure. Honestly, it's because feminism has ruined women in America. Well, that's an unknown that needs to go in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm married so, to Scott. Does that count? Yes, kind of. I don't know. Uh very fair and pale. Yes, that's fine. Let's- let let yeah, let's exactly. have a meeting with all the all the white people. I know we let the Irish in as whites. I'm not so sure about the Scots. And <laughs> let me just point out something that's you know like I have never ever um, really worried about racists. I mean race and etc. Like never even thought about even um, certain religious cultural type groups that are you know mustn't be named. Um, uh, the only, I mean, I was a little bit worried about the amount of immigrants were coming into Australia because it's, you know, it's sort of, you could see what was happening, but not like personally, oh, them or them or them or whatever. But since this, it's like it has really raised into the psyche of people, you know, that never really thought about race much before, thinking about race. And that is also like the big picture, their agenda. It's it's putting something onto our into our psyche that probably was never ever a problem and I mean I know I'm stating the obvious again but it really it really has you know looking back over the last few years it's just taken all the natural organic peace and the unity we have as human beings and put it all into question ripped it up and you know chewed it up and spat it out basically to the point where we're questioning things we never would have questioned before yeah so screw you you bloody nefarious reptiles once you start noticing, you can't stop noticing. Totally well, the agree. thing, the thing is, and it kind of goes back to what Monica said, right? There's a difference between people migrating somewhere because they want to go to that place because they want to live and work and establish a business and be in whatever community that they choose to be in, right? Like that's one thing. But then when you're purposefully taking military aged men from Africa and exporting them all over the world, yeah. and you have Somalis in minnesota as we talked about like that's a different situation uh that that's a different situation um so sir tim said the un has a white paper about replacement migration and we know about the caligari plan and then he also says that uh the real division the elites and everyone else and that is facts absolutely and would you like to just explore sorry you go terry sorry carry on Oh, no, no, uh, well, I was going to say there was an Irish uh, Irish guy at the UN who, who was the official sort of migration man, minister, whatever the UN uh, pull their people. And he made a speech where he said, you know, we need to uh, increase migration to sort of dilute uh, white European culture. He actually said this in a speech at the UN. So, yep, that's uh, what it's all about. Guy. I remember, Robinson, I think his name was. Really horrible guy. Yeah. So anyway, strange, strange times. We know that uh, for sure. Yep. Before we strange move on, times. 
Uh, I just wanted to not assume that our listeners know exactly what we're talking about. So the Kalergi plan, K-A-L-E-R-G-I, sometimes called the, oh gosh, I haven't seen this one, Kudenhove Kalergi conspiracy, you haven't seen that, is a far-right anti-Semitic white genocide conspiracy theory. The theory claims the Austrian-Japanese politician Richard von Kundugudu concocted a plot to mix white Europeans with other races via immigration. Uh, The conspiracy theory is most often associated with European groups and parties, but it it has also spread to North American politics and, may I say, Australia. Definitely. I don't like the term North American politics. It's not a conspiracy theory. They've said this this stuff out loud. It's not a conspiracy theory, for goodness sake. Well, the theory, (laughs) it's a conspiracy fact, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. It's just like they say that the JFK is a conspiracy theory. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because we know he's alive, really, and living in Argentina. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If if you guys haven't watched the documentary Iron Sky and Iron Sky 2, get get on it and get back (laughs) to us. All right. So why don't we move into our... (laughs) our next story justin why don't you tell us what you got so i just got a quick update to uh, a story i did uh all the way back on not your mama's news uh number 17 uh which released december 17th of 2022 um the original story was west virginia judge um uh sorry if i'm repeating for our longtime listeners but uh West Virginia uh, divorce court judge basically did uh, a warrantless search and seizure of the husband's property and house. Uh, So basically what happened was the husband and wife were bickering and the judge says, okay, well, we're going to go out to the house. And then she let the wife, you know, go around and like pick all this shit that she wanted to take. Um, So he sued rightfully so, but in America, judges get what's called judicial immunity so that's different from qualified immunity in that judicial immunity covers everything like everything unless it's something like extracurricular outside of their job and that's where we got her uh but this is from uh the institute for justice great organization uh ij.org they are really fighting the fight as best they can uh, and trying to pick, it's all pro bono. They, like, they just take cases that would cost millions and millions of dollars to go up against the federal government. Um, so October 30th, the Fourth Circuit of Appeals unanimously ruled uh, in favor of Matthew Gibson, uh, who is the guy that was uh, the that sued him. Uh, the, both the Fourth Circuit and West Virginia Supreme Court have now agreed was well outside her powers as a judge. And uh, Matthew was represented by the Institute for Justice. Uh, the separation, this is from the Institute for Justice. Separation of powers exists for a reason, so that no one person can be judge, jury, and executioner. Checks and balances must be maintained <laughs> to ensure a fair and free society, and judges who act beyond their constitutional mandate should not expect the protection of immunity. And while to all of us, it's like, well, yeah, no shit. You got to understand that it is 
almost literally impossible to sue a judge and not just have it dismissed on judicial immunity. Uh, but, 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 so yes, it's, they just did a field trip over the dude's house with the bailiff and, uh, they wouldn't let him record what they were doing inside his own house, which is just like wild on top of wild. Uh, so accompanied by Matthew's ex-wife, her attorney and a bailiff among others, Goldston, <clears throat> Goldston walked barefoot through the house, ordering Matthew's ex-wife to seize DVDs, yearbooks, and even pictures off the wall. Some of the items didn't belong with her, and when Matthew tried to record the encounter, the judge threatened him with arrest. Because you also got to remember that when a judge is in her courtroom, they're basically God. Like, they can do and say whatever they want, and they it's not that they don't answer to anyone, but there's no instant accountability. And even when there is accountability, this happens. Goldston was ultimately censured and fined and roundly condemned by the West Virginia High Court for violating the state's code of judicial conduct. She ended up retiring from her position amid a legislative push to impeach her for violating the rights of West Virginia's. The resolution to impeach Goldston specifically mentioned the judge leading a warrantless search of Matthew's home. Despite her retirement, Matthew and the Super Justice continue moving forward with their lawsuit against Goldston wanting to ensure that the egregious violation wouldn't happen again. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you that this is also going to go up to appeal. Um, uh, I mean, the, the West Virginia Supreme Court is the highest law in uh, the state, so they can't appeal that except to the Supreme Court of the U.S. And uh, I'm sure that they're going to appeal the Fourth uh, Circuit's uh, ruling as well. Oh, and also, I'm. It, it's been almost a year since I originally did this story. I do believe that the government is paying for Goldston's uh, defense as well. Questions, oh. concerns? <laughs> Goldstein, did you say? I remember the story very, very well. I remember this story very well because I dubbed her Judge Dreadful in the show notes, I seem to remember, because she yep. was a bit Judge Dready, wasn't she? And she thought she was judge jury and executioner and she thought she could do anything so yeah it was just totally outrageous so uh in this particular case so what we're saying is that it's a small win for the little guy but you feel like maybe it might ultimately get overturned in favor of the judge or do you think that that this guy's victory will be upheld so uh, uh, if I can't imagine that if it does make its way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court takes the case, uh, because th they take a very, very small percentage of the cases that are requested of them. Mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine the Supreme Court would go along with uh, the state, but who knows? Uh, but there's much more liberal courts um, before you make it to the Supreme Court. And all it takes is the higher up court that you're appealing to to say, no, this was right. And then you basically don't get any more appeals. At least that is my understanding of the law. Oh, really? Hmm. I'm not a lawyer, so this is not legal <laughs> advice. Hey, is, uh, is the Supreme Court technically a federal court? Yes. So does it have to be a federal matter well, to go to the Supreme the, Court? No. So... 
there's the <clears throat> excuse me each state has their own supreme court so within mm -hmm. that state um if you make it to the supreme court and they agree with you then that's final unless the supreme court of the united states takes the case in which they could actually say as a matter of fact or you know creating law that no this is this and this is how it is to be uh basically and that's mm -hmm. that's literally how qualified immunity was created for all government workers Hey, Brucey has entered the chat, and he said that he prefers the People's Court. Yeah, <laughs> he here. Absolutely. He here, Brucey. Always yeah. welcome. Um, yeah, look, as soon as I heard um, you say judicial immunity, I kind of tuned out. I'm sorry, but... Um, I don't blame you. It's like a ju judicial <laughs> immunity against the virus of corruption, and that's where it sort of stops, you know. I mean, they, people are placed. They, that's why they're so confident. That's why we're seeing things in plain sight now, because they're way past the point of anyone of us being able to do anything about it. I mean, there's people up there trying. God bless them. I tip my hat to them. But um, good luck with that. Yeah, and it's this too yeah. for justice. What their mission from what I like from what I've seen is just trying to take the find the cases that they'll be able because they're really good lawyers. Um, so they want to be able to set precedent uh, for future cases. And uh, whether or not their work is going to have any long-term effects as far as, you know, like uh, it, uh, freedom across America, it'll probably have a tiny blip of effect. But what's really important is the people that they're actually working with that are filing these lawsuits. Because a lot of them, like, are... Uh, there was one where... Uh, they took a case that someone had their life savings seized under civil asset forfeiture law. And they came up with a really um, like out of the way reason for why that was illegal. So it's good because it does set that precedent that in these exact conditions, if they were to happen again, this is now the rule of law. But now that one person that had $100,000 stolen from them by the government it would have cost $250,000 to go to all the court, you know, and, you know, years and years and years of lawsuits. And they're, they'd step in and take it pro bono. Yeah. So I'll take, I'll uh, take I was, anything. Uh, I say, uh, they go, yeah, their go-to argument these days seem to be they don't have standing, do they? They use that a lot in these election cases. And um, there was a, uh, Talking of legal matters, there was a case. Uh, there's this really good lawyer in New York City who uh, managed to uh, get a win about something to do with the COVID mandates. I can't remember exactly now, but she was trying to get the, the you know, they tried to set up these COVID quarantine camps. She was trying to get that overturned at court, and they used the "you have the no standing" argument, even though <laughs> the people who brought the case would have been put in these quarantine camps had the, had the New York City have got it got his way or New York State possibly it was anyway. But they they once again trotted trotted out that you don't have any standing. You know, I don't know how you in election cases it seems ridiculous because you're voting. How can you not have any standing? You know, your your vote should count. 
Because what it comes down to is that in a lot of states, um, judges are an elected official. Uh, so they want to be on the right side of their history. But also on that note, in a lot of states, judges are elected. So and a lot of these votes get, you know, a couple thousand votes. And as someone that has never voted and will always say that voting is fake and gay, if you were to vote, things like that, uh, sheriffs, uh, local school board, those are the ones that I would say, like, if you are going to, you know, make that effort, that's where we have the most possibility of actually, you know, getting something, some sort of change, at least locally. I couldn't agree more. That is the only chance there is, I think, if there is a chance, and I'm trying not to be too black-pilled there because maybe there is, but that is it. It has to go from ground level, like absolute root level, because that's how all these things are created and how they're controlled. But unfortunately, there is um, another, I wish I could remember the name of the website now, but it's something like um, Committee of Mayors or something like that, mayors, you know, um, where, you know, they are yet again, they're not elected. They are selected. Okay, we've got to get that through our heads. They they have infiltrated the cabinets. Okay, that goes down to ground level as well, unfortunately. So, you know, it, I I don't think there's going to be any like really uh, genuine change until people start getting that into their heads. Right, we have to realize they are a little bit further ahead than we think they are. They are a little bit more widespread than we think they are, possibly. Like I'm talking generally, uh, and there's a hell of a lot of people out there who still have no freaking idea. So there's that. And Black Pill, um, previous uh, Union of the Unknowns uh, guest, Forest Mommy, lost her uh, lost her bid for election yeah, yeah. in uh, Colorado. So she did, and she Colorado's did comment. Fuck- she commented on the the fact that they they voted for progressives, which is not surprised because it's weaponized empathy. You know, people think that they're doing the right thing for the poor, the needy, um, all of that, and by voting. And, but it's actually, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's horrible. But and just think, I almost felt bad when we were talking to her, and I called Colorado a shithole country. And uh, what a silly thing for me to uh, start to feel bad for because yeah. they proved it once again. But can I can I counterbalance with a bit of a white pill because I did listen fairly recently to a guy. Please, it depends. Is it is it oxycodone? Elected mayor of his local town, and uh, he was a he's a genuine libertarian guy apparently. And quite often he was saying that these elections are just you know a few thousand or even a few hundred votes because hardly anyone can be bothered to vote or campaign. And he actually campaigned against his opponent, who, which took him by surprise because this bloke had been, this guy had been voted in on the kind of on the nod for the last few, few times. Uh, and, and this guy won uh, the, the mayoral race. So, you know, it's like, like you were saying, Justin, you, you go at in the local level where some, a few votes might count and sheriffs, I was saying, when you mentioned that, I think, you Americans have really got to try and get the right guy in as sheriff because they're the ones who enforce the law. And a lot of them, the good ones say, we're not going to enforce this law because it's unconstitutional. There was a lot of that going on during COVID. Yep. Yeah, that is definitely a place that a difference can still be made because they were refusing to enforce 
X, Y, and Z, uh, particularly mask mandates in like in the county that I operate in, they were, you know, they said they, they would not be enforcing that here. So there is some difference to be made there. Uh, Andu also said that he used to live there and it was true. <laughs> I guess that it the was whole a shithole country. country. <laughs> well, it, it used to be backwoods, rednecks, and cowboys. Now yeah. it's a shithole country. And I, I do think that Forrest Mommy made that point as well, that it really had changed a lot over, you know, over these last many decades. But anyway, so we'll keep an eye on that. Thank you, Justin. And I did want to go ahead and move to our last story of the evening. And that is Stella's uh, story. What do you have for us? <laughs> Oh, hello. Um, yes, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I've got a white pill. <laughs> I, get I hope this one's oxycodone. <laughs> right, so we're going to move on to our favourite dictator in Australia, the dictator one and only. Dictator Dan. Oh, Dan. Yes, he dictator was a hell Dan. of a di dictator, that one. <laughs> dictator Dan Andrews, two first names. Um, yes, he is now is he retired. Dead? Is he white pill? Is he dead? Not yet. <laughs> Just dead in the water. Oh, no. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one can hope. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I'm like, you really I'm should say that. <laughs> I know I shouldn't. And it's no, very no, hard not to feel hatred towards some of these nefarious reptiles. It really is very hard. Well, if, it, if it makes you feel better, uh, I often reaffirm my belief in God um and what makes me feel better is that these people will eventually answer for their sins against humanity lovely segue thank you yeah. justin because i would like to present some uh, karma so as we know our elites love to play golf correct it seems to be a thing you know the, the big oh, club gentleman's sport good, yeah. i would have assumed <laughs> in australia it would be like cricket or some gay shit now I don't know. Maybe Tim can. Uh, is Dan Andrews the pillock that was on vacation during Aussie wildfires? No, that was the Prime Minister, mate. That was uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, <clears throat> also just as well, nefarious. And... Pillock as well. He is another pillock. I would say that. Yeah. Oh yes, 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 definitely. And uh, oh gosh, look, we could go right into Scott Morrison. Pillock, do, <laughs> <laughs> do we know what a pillock is in America? No. Explain I was it, please, a Terry. Is that a wanker? Uh, exactly, exactly. Ah, I had no idea. I'll be very honest, I have never heard that term either. Oh, really? Yes. Must I mean, be very, it's, very it's British. A Brit. I, didn't, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, I anyway. just gleaned from context. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so uh, Dan Andrews has... You know, he sort of stepped down. He's probably gone down for a few cocktails in the bunker, but he's back. And um, he wants to go and join. I mean, he loves his golf too. So he wants to go and join some of the golf clubs, the elite golf clubs in uh, the morning, the, the Mornington Peninsula, which is south of the southern end of uh, Victoria. So it's basically the most southern point of Australia before you get to Tassie, Tasmania. Uh, it has not gone down terribly well. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. So, um, yes, he's tried to join up and there's been much um, – we may as well run the video. There's been right. much um, joining unity of people because let's not forget that Dan Andrews and Victoria was the most 
locked down in the world of all countries. Mm -hmm. It was the most locked down. And in the time, as it's going to be said in this story, but I'm going to say it anyway, in that time, um, other golf clubs around the world were allowed to go out and play golf, allowed, I hate that word, um, to go out and play golf, whereas they were locked down in Victoria. So now that Dan wants to go and join some of these golf clubs, uh, people are just going, nah, no way, get effed, eff off. Quick. Good. Justin. Um, why does her necklace look like some weird pedo occult shit? We could get onto that, but let's not, um, because that's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. She wears some interesting jewellery. I've noticed that. Anyway, um, we'll just let her. Uh, look, I, I'm not a big advocate of Sky <laughs> News because it is a Rupert Murdoch, you know, news. Uh, what is it? News media? I can't remember the name of the news. Uh, Gay news. Gay news. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's gone from my brain at the moment. But it's part of yeah, the, Rupert, the Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch. Uh, news Corp. News Corp. Part of Murdoch, yeah. yeah. It is yeah. the well, best mainstream news channel, though, I think. That, well, that's the thing. I would rather give Sky News the clicks because they are sort of playing the game of our friends at the moment. Uh, Pied Pipers, um, you know, Judas Goats. So I'd rather give them the clicks than, say, the mainstream. So that's why I refer to Sky News in case anyone's wondering, but I'm not a fan. Um, they've got their – they're the heroes. They're the heroes the community needs at the moment. But anyway, they bring – yeah, they bring, um, they bring some interesting stories, enough to make us – feel like we you know we can trot along and someone's on our side but they'll have their day i'm sure anyway let's roll the tape the tape oh god <laughs> did i just no let's just run the video all right let me know if you have uh, issues with sound fun at the expense of former Victorian Premier Dan Andrews, who is finding out that he's not Teflon Dan in retirement. The poor guy can't even rub shoulders with the rich folk of the Mornington Peninsula on the region's uh, world-class golf courses. Well, why, you might ask? Well, he's not wanted. Are you, <laughs> are you still feeling the effects of the COVID lockdowns? I think everyone is, to be honest. It's um, It was just a shambles, the whole thing. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't play golf with him, no. So you wouldn't <laughs> want to play golf with him? I wouldn't want to play golf with him, no. <laughs> it was the only place in the world, really, wasn't it? We weren't allowed to play golf everywhere. I really Wait, hope this Give me is one second. What uh, happened there? I had it on uh, a higher speed. Give me just a second. I really hope it's just five no, minutes. No, that was on normal. Uh, if you uh, want to run at 1.25, it'll be a little bit quicker. Okay, gotcha. I thought you were telling me it was too fast. No. Uh, gotcha. Thanks. All right, cool. And yes, the volume is all the way up. Yep, cool. Anywhere else in the world you're allowed to play golf. They were right. The Mornington Peninsula were locked indoors. So, yeah, a lot of people still have a feelings that that was the wrong thing. They don't want a situation at golf clubs where if you put your name down on the timesheet that nobody wants to play with you. That's the real issue, and that's the sort of thing that rips golf clubs apart. I can give the president a message tonight. Uh, most of the members of his golf club would not want Dan Andrews as a member. If Dan Andrews is allowed to join the Portsea Golf Club, I'll quit, I'll resign, I'll tear up my membership, wow. and I'll go and wow. play golf somewhere else. Now, let me give you a little more history. Dan Andrews, like many socialists before him, loves nothing more than to rub shoulders with the super wealthy. And he has more than one billionaire mate on the peninsula advocating for him. But even that 
may not be enough to get him across the line. You know, Australians are typically pretty laid back, live and let live types, but Dan Andrews is uniquely despised by many Victorians. It's a state he ruled with an iron fist for close to a decade, a state where he imposed six crippling lockdowns and a state where he has left record debt the, the biggest of any state by some margin. So it should come as no surprise that he's being effectively blackballed from the peninsula's premier golf courses, despite advocacy from his billionaire mates, including property mogul Max Beck. As reported in the Herald Sun this week, the prospect of Andrews becoming a member of Portsea Golf Club had some members seeing red. The reaction saw property tycoon Max Beck lash out at the members of Portsea Golf Club for being small-minded. He said, it's just all about a bloke who wants to play golf and enjoy the rest of his life. It's ridiculous. <laughs> He's worked his guts out for the state with his beliefs. I'm very disappointed, but we'll just see whether the committee takes into account his political beliefs or his personality and his golfing ability. They are the two things they should be assessing him on. And later in the week, the Portsea Golf Club president, Phil Kramer, stepped in to remind members that the Portsea Golf Club prides itself on inclusivity and diversity of membership and, in fact, has a reputation of being a very welcoming club for all to enjoy playing golf and fellowship. The problem is, Phil, many of your members do not want to enjoy fellowship with Dan Andrews. And it's not just at Portsea Golf Club that Dan is persona non grata. As former golf pro Mark Allen explained this week, he's going to be met with resistance wherever he goes. They have not forgiven him. And I can tell you this, on Friday night at the port at the uh, Sorrento Hotel, it was the talk of the region. And to the point where not only members from Portsea, but members from other clubs were saying that if he's trying to join anywhere down here, they, they just will not let him join. You reckon if, the if whole peninsula will blackboard? Yeah, absolutely. Now, just on the Portsea Golf Club president, his statement shows he misunderstood the news reports. As Mick Warner wrote in the Herald Sun, Mr Kramer wrongly asserted that the Herald Sun had suggested that a formal application had been received by the club and Mr Andrews rejected from membership. The Herald Sun, in fact, reported that golfers had been made aware of Mr Beck's proposal for him to be considered for membership, which has occurred, and that there had been strong opposition from many of those members, which also occurred. Mr Andrews is deeply unpopular among some of the Portsea Golf Club members, particularly due to his bans on Victoria's golfing community during the pandemic and his decision to include the Mornington Peninsula in metropolitan restrictions, which were often much tougher than those imposed on regional Victoria. Yes, it may be a small thing. It may even be a little petty, but Dan's golfing predicament is a tiny dose of instant karma and it's delicious. Oh, yummy, yum, yum. Right. Let's eat that up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Uh, I can mean, I just, yeah. Yep. Go, Terry. I, I, no, I, I just wanted to say I've been to the Morning, Mornington Peninsula when I worked in Melbourne. It's very nice. It's very nice indeed. Yes, so, it is. Uh, it's a lovely um, place, isn't it? Beautiful. Uh, yeah. The Great Ocean Road is all along there. I highly recommend. If anyone mm -hmm. is ever going to come to Australia, please include the Great Ocean Road. It's quite nice. Although I must admit, nice. I timed it very hours. badly. And drop bears. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was on the back of a Harley and um, in the absolute, it's the wettest I've ever been on a motorbike. <laughs> it's like it was pouring and there was nowhere to get any, to stop and get some shelter. But that was quite a while ago now. But anyway, back to Dan Andrews. Yes, um, sucked in <laughs> because it's about time. But, uh, you know, it's funny, even his billionaire mate is uh, doesn't seem to have the power of the people's will and the people's unity. It's a beautiful thing that's happening here right now in oh, yeah, that sense. It's small, but it's lovely.
You love to see it. Absolutely. Um, you know, because people like that, I'm sure that he's working for other people and he was advised to do that. And he went along with it like an absolute psychopath. So you like to see just a little, just a little bit of them getting what they deserve. Just that little bit of just desserts. And I tell you, I mean, I would love to have a game of golf with Dan. We'd probably go off, I don't know, maybe the 18th hole. It'd be a, a bit of a mishap with a, I don't know, a club. Perhaps. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry about that. You're playing you around. Wear a mask throughout. You're playing around in oh, Minecraft sorry. now, Stella. So what was that, Justin? <laughs> You're playing around in Minecraft too much. Am I? Okay. Yeah, that's what people uh it's like internet slang for whenever you say something that would be a hot take or would get, you know, like the FBI to beat down your door. You say, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z in Minecraft. So I will say though that I do remember reading a story where someone included the words in Minecraft at the end and they still got charged. So Oh yeah, it's not protecting uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh whatever. You know, but I'll probably I, oh, make some new friends if I go to the gulag. It's like, hey, dudes, <laughs> like-minded. <laughs> uh, I was just uh, going to say really quick that Gentleman Skeptic said, I like to think that whoever reviewed his application to the golf club was like, get fucked, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's what basically get what fucked, they're saying. Now, so, yeah. <laughs> on, on, on mass. You know, I mean, if he's got a billionaire friend, why not just, you know, create your own golf course. Go and have your little elite golf somewhere else and stay away from us peasants because we really don't want you. So it's just, it's just yeah. a little sweet bit, bit of revenge. I mean, it's tiny, but it's, it's sweet. It's sweet. He could play socially distanced that way, couldn't he? Have the golf course all to himself. <laughs> exactly. There's your social distancing, mate. <laughs> Good point. Uh, Stelz, I've got a question for you. Was there an election yeah. during COVID? Um, I know a lot of these uh, COVID uh, tyrants got re-elected, uh, mm. like um, horrible Jacinda in New Zealand during the COVID time. Was there an election for him during COVID, COVID times? It was. There was. And how the hell he got voted in? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, let thing, me go. I mean, I'm not under any illusion at all that they are elected. Um, I think the whole election thing is probably a bit of a, um, cash cow in a sense. I mean, we've just had our referendum. So that was sort of a no vote that came in as well. And I, I do wonder a little bit about that, but I think it was so overwhelming that it was impossible yeah. to deny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they gave the impression that there were lots of yes people out there, but in the community, you know, when you talk to people, it's like, nah, not so much. So yeah, no illusions there, but yes, there was an election. I don't believe it was organic. And uh, that was for the state premiers, which are the same as your, what are they called? Governors. 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 Yes, yes. So Governor. it's very same sort of thing. Uh, can I answer um, Skeptic's question? Yeah, read if it first so, so people can um, hear it. Surely his billionaire friend has something like a buddy pass for the club. I'm pretty yes. sure the buddy, yeah, yeah. the buddy pass is only for his asshole. <laughs> that is actually Tim raises a good point there, so Tim, because um, I'm a, it would be really interesting to see what happens there because I'm wondering whether if his billionaire friend, you know, is part of that club or that particular golf club, um, it'll be interesting to see if there's a bit of a fold or a you know a turnaround there. I'm not too sure because you know as a business it might be like oh if this guy takes his membership out we're screwed sort of thing. So who knows? It could be that because everything generally comes down to money, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I would say that usually people that are members of a golf club will have a pass in that they could bring friends for a round, but that is still different than the actual, and uh, excuse me if you already knew that, Tim, but that's still different than becoming a member of a club. Yeah, I mean, like, he's not going to be able to sit around, have a beer with the citizens, and no one's going to, like, you know, we had a prime minister called Bob Hawke. And even though he was a Fabian, um, most people thought he was, you know, a really good bloke because most people basically weren't awake, especially in the 70s, 80s, you know, whatever. Um, so he was really, he was really the, you know, the blue collar worker, the the everyday Australian's mate. Uh, no, that was the, the persona anyway. The and uh, he also. Mm-hmm. He was also. Oh, I hope you don't hear the siren in the background there. He was also the. I know it didn't take long, did it? He was also the uh, he. I believe it still actually stands. He was he holds the record for drinking a yard glass of beer the quickest. (laughs) That's our prime minister. Hold on, hold on, because Fabian. Hey, was he the one? Was he the one who was supposedly taken out by the CIA? One of your uh, premiers was uh, supposedly taken down by the CIA. I think that might uh, be Bob Hawke. He was a Prime Minister, Bob Hawke. He was a... He was, yeah, Prime um, Minister, yeah. Oh, uh, no, he died in, in old age. Yeah, there was somebody... Yeah, okay. There was there was, there was was one of them who was... Uh, was oh, gosh, he might be going back to Harold it was around about his. It was around about his time. Uh, you've okay. had some interesting ones. You had that one who went swimming off Mornington. That was Harold Holt. And never came back again. Yes, that was Harold yeah. Holt. I think that was a bit like in the fifties or something, though, wasn't it? Sixties. That was like a long time ago. That was a bit of a mystery. Yes. Yeah. Uh, can, but um, cool story. Yeah, Justin. Can we back up a minute here? Because us good God fearing American folk, you just said the word yard glass. Mm-hmm. We're gonna need some clarification. Oh, you don't do yards, okay? It's a yard of ale. Yeah, it's a really yard long. Of ale. It's a long uh, glass. A yard which is, sort of, is length, though. Yes, that's what Not it is. volume. Yeah, yeah. That's what it is. So it's a really tall, yeah. long, slender neck, and then at the bottom it's like a big bulb sort of thing. So the beer... Big bulb, and it's got a sort of cone at the top. That's right, yes. I think it holds about three three or four pints, right, Stella? It's a lot, actually. I'm not really sure. I should have looked that one up. but um, It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. Um, but people... yeah, there's, there's footage of him drinking it and breaking the record, so it's a legit record. <laughs> yeah, people in the states Three drink yards. Tall. Thanks, Bruce. Yeah, people in the states do drink yards of beer. They're n- just not all as go. sheltered as our sweet little sweetheart. Well, over and here. you know what I say <laughs> to those folks in America drinking yard beer? One way helicopter <laughs> ride. <laughs> we don't need none of that commie shit here. This is America. We measure in horse sticks before we use the metric system. <laughs> well, Probably about ten, well, ten horse sticks. Well, I was going to say, at least it's not a meter of ale. You would never like. You would never go for that, would you? you They'd never figure that one out. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I did have two, one question, and one comment about the video. Uh, the first one being um, the entire time in chat, I was trying to call him a gay nerd. Uh, apparently, oh, yeah. you can say the word gay, or you can say the word nerd, but if you try and say gay nerd, they will censor you. So luckily, I have this platform to call him a gay nerd. 
Uh, oh, luckily. He looks like a gay nerd, does he not? Dan Andrews? Dan? Yes. Oh, yes. Look, I've, as I've said before, he has very grabbable ears and a very kneeable face. So, you know, if you know, if anyone feels he's like... sort of slightly elite look about him, hasn't he? Like, um, oh, he's just so disgusting. Like the, like the, Hotez, uh, the Hotez vaccine guy, he's got that sort of pasty... Oh, the arrogance was just overflowing, like a yard glass of arrogance or two. And and speaking of arrogance, (laughs) this would have been my favorite news clip I've ever seen if they just went around for five minutes doing street interviews with people saying, would you like to, would you play golf with him? He goes, oh, fuck no, mate. (laughs) <laughs> oh look, I'm sure they had to pick and choose which ones to cho- to show because there was only a couple there. But they would have had hours of footage of the same people of, of different people with the same mindset for but, sure. Yeah, I would have been so happy. Like maybe maybe we need to hire a street interview guy and he'll just go around. Like, would you have a? Would you play around a golf with Billy uh, Bitch Tits Gates? Yeah, and man, then, a know, man on the street. Yeah, get people's can... reaction. Oh, yeah. Mm. But um, also, uh, let me point out quickly that um, the premiers, I mean, they're all so corrupt. Like the, the New South Wales past premier, um, Gladys Berejiklian, uh, she was just found guilty for nefarious, you know, just under the table. I can't even remember exactly mm-hmm. what it was, but it was like, yeah, her boyfriend was involved with all sorts of deals under the table, etc. and she didn't say anything. She's been found guilty, which apparently she's appealing right now, but um, – that's our premieres. And then don't even let get me started on, um, what's her name? Queensland bloody Parachook. What's her name? <laughs> I can only think of a, a nickname. Drawing a blank on this one. And a, and a pleasure, oh, pleasure, pleasure. Oh, my gosh. I can't even re- believe I can't remember it. Plebisek <laughs> Parachook. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't even wow. take their, sounds- their name seriously anymore. That sounds She's efforts. Like- that sounds like what like 0.1% of people are searching for on Pornhub. It's just like the, some weird <laughs> out of left park fetish. Papachuk. Yeah. And, so, and, and, uh, Annabelle, well, hang on, I'll get it. Sorry, you go. I was just going to say that something. Ando said that he could down a yard fast and he said, we do yards, Justin. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'll smoke a yard. Come, Justin, get with the program. <laughs> Anastasia Palaget. I'm sorry about that. I can't believe that completely oh, screwed me up. But she went off to, um, like, you know, during the lockdowns when no one else is allowed to go out, she went off to, you know, I think it was China uh, to yeah, the Olympics they... and stuff, you know, all that kind of thing. It's like rules for thee, but not for me. So, yep. you know, oh, they yeah. can all You're get stuff as far as I'm concerned. Your Northern Territory guy was pretty bad, didn't he? he had oh, Michael Gunner. Of bad stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, Michael Gunner. He was he was an absolute disgrace to humanity. I mean, they all are, but he some of them just seem to take the cake a little bit more than others. Um, he was just yeah. – it ended in tears with him, actually. It was sort of, you know, whether they were true or not. But he actually did cry actual tears, so they weren't just crocodile tears. Um, really? Because what, he was what, so – Well, I mean, he was – I can he make myself so... dry. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think some of them are just dry. They just don't have it in them, you know. But um, he was just so nasty that I believe that, you know, that it started coming down on his 
on his family, like his his children and stuff. And so maybe that was his weak point. But, you know, that could have all been an act too. Like here I go because a lot of them do that. Like they're really, really nefarious and nasty and then they cry a few tears and suddenly the public come running with open arms. Oh, it's all right. We forgive you. Just like the police, you know. Uh, with him with him being from the Northern Territory, would they be crocodile tears? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Nice one, Tess. Sorry about that. Sorry, everyone. Don't apologise. Hey, it's we love a lovely it, dad joke. We love it. <laughs> Never apologise. We love our puns. Yes. All right, everybody. Well, I think that that has been a really comprehensive show. We've gone a little bit over, but I want to thank everybody that has tuned in. Um, it was really, really great to see everybody um, chatting with us. I appreciate it so much. One last thing from Tim here. I could make a joke about Australian politicians honoring their criminal heritage. I could, but I won't because I'm a gentleman. <laughs> Mm. But you just did, and I applause you <laughs> because yeah, I'm not going to hide it's, it. <laughs> We're real. A Brit. See, don't forget, don't forget that uh, a lot of the so-called criminals that were sent out here, a lot of them were done for very, very minor crimes like stealing a handkerchief, yeah, and and some of them yeah. didn't even do it. Uh, they were just accused of yeah, or a, a slice of bread, you know, because they were starving mm. or they needed to blow their nose real bad, you know. Um, so. It's just, you know, it was just a matter of finding people to breed a new community in a new country, basically. Extend the British Empire, so to speak, and get rid of the Absolutely. scum yeah. out of the Brits. Yeah. Uh, in their eyes. But we're uh, a bunch of true blues and, uh, yeah, we come from a, a background of, um, yeah, we fight. We fight pretty hard in a lot of ways, although we've been diluted. So that's what you see. You guys yeah. really fucked up giving up your guns. Yeah, well, that was 1996, man. I mean, there wasn't a lot of awakeness going on then. They got in They got in just before people started realising what was going on. That was also, you know, don't forget the, what's the, uh, the baby boomers generation sort of were kind of still very much at the helm. So that's a generation where people just didn't really question authority. They, they believed that they really did that they, TM, did have our best interests at heart, that the authorities were there to run the country well and look after us and blah, blah, blah. They just had no idea to question things. It didn't even enter their heads. So there was that and then sort of Gen X were just starting. But, yeah, that was a real shame. Um, everyone just felt so terrible because that was an absolute atrocity, you know, children and everything. But that that in itself, Port Arthur is was I, you've got to be very careful, but FF, you know, not so true flaggy wavy yeah. thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and it's now in the year 2023. <laughs> I, didn't hear, you know, I didn't hear anything about that. I didn't hear anything about that in the UK at the time, which is surprising. Really? I don't remember it at all. They wow, already got okay. your guns. Yeah, I need to look into it sometime. You yeah. are, sorry? I don't know. That's guns. Yeah, they already <laughs> got your guns. even in the war, we just used to throw throw conkers at people. Fucking throw tea bags at people. For, for you Americans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jane, you should ask them politely to stop. Hey, I pay you Germans. Would you mind putting down your guns, please? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you even had to hand in like really old relic type guns. And uh, my mother was working for, well, not working for, she was volunteering in an RSL club in Victoria 
around that time. And um, they had a lot of museum pieces like artillery and stuff, guns, handguns, rifles, etc. Okay. from the war as an RSL, Returned Service Leagues Club, had, which was all started, you know, for the veterans basically, which is nothing like that now. But anyway, they got raided. They got a heap of their stuff taken, confiscated, and they didn't get all of it back. Uh, so, you know, they took everything, everything. Wow. Not everything. Sorry, I shouldn't say everything. They took as much as they could. Uh, the, 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 inner, the, cr- the law-abiding citizens handed in what they had. So basically we were left with a country of criminals with guns. <laughs> and also, I mean, you yeah, can still yeah, get a gun yeah. now. Well, that's the way, isn't still, it? <laughs> yeah. You can still get a gun now. I know plenty of people who've gotten a gun long, you know, re- recently. It just is a bit of a rigmarole, a little more than there was. Yeah, that's what uh, Tim is saying here. They still have rifles and yes. shotguns in Australia. The laws are a bit wonky, but they're there. And Stella has said that before, that it's it's not quite as cut and dry as we think that it is here, but mm. uh, definitely difficult. Yeah. One yeah. of the conditions, I believe, is that Europe. you have to know, have access to or own um, or know somebody who has a certain amount over acreage i think it's something like over five or six acres or something like that which is i don't know how much that is in hectares but um to you know enable to be able to go and shoot your gun etc so there's a little bit of a you've got to know someone etc there's a little bit of a conditioning thing and if you're if you're a farmer you can you can have one for shooting vermin etc so yeah yeah, there's conditions but you can't just walk around the city with one in an emergency in an emergency, you can always take out a nefarious intruder with a boomerang, of course. So that's it's not all bad. You can. And the boomerang yeah, always that, comes back. It always comes back. Exactly. So that's a very handy weapon to have. Y'all have clearly never seen me throw a boomerang. <laughs> it comes back when people know what they're doing. <laughs> so Tim says that uh, I wonder if it's a regional thing because they did the same thing in New Zealand, mass casualty event, and everyone just complies. Not here in yeah. America. I think that Crump. was. Are you that's referring? Yes, yeah, that's that was the that was, uh, shooting up in the Muslim Christchurch. Yeah, that was very do- that was very dodgy. Yeah, totally. Oh, oh, totally. oh yeah, controlled that guy. Yeah. Well, now yeah. in America, like yes, I'll watch the news and there'll be like 530 kids were murdered by uh, deranged gunmen, and I'm just like. Mm. That sucks. No one's coming. No one's taking my guns. Yeah, there's definitely, I I hope that there continues to be uh, the holdout mentality. Although I really, I was hearing that unless you have the same weaponry as the government, I mean, that's, that's what really allows true freedom is if you are equally as armed as the government. And we know that we're highly armed here in the States. Yes. But we know that we are not as advanced as they are. And because we know that they've been hiding weaponry for many, many decades now. Yeah, but a bunch of fucking goat Yes, I know. The rice farmers (laughs) and the goat herders, I do know that. I was going to call them goat fuckers. I know what you were going to call them, but I'm just saying. (laughs) Ashley was trying to divert. Nicely done, but failed. Thanks, I was trying. Um, (laughs) Yes, I do know that, but a terrible toll was still taken. 
And it wouldn't be that way mm. if we were equally matched. So I, I'm not saying that it's hopeless with, you know, what we have here and guerrilla tactics and whatever, if God oh. forbid it ever comes to that, I hope it doesn't. But that's different than what they have. And, and I, I mean, all kinds of crazy weapons that they have. I also agree <laughs> with you. Um, people should be able to buy and own private nukes. Exactly. Uh, Gentleman Skeptic says, where's my tactical nuke? Marika. And I happen to agree if Quite nukes right. are even real. And this, you know what? This group, can game, can they game. don't know. It's a, it's a toss up here. So yeah, well, um, I, I would, I would highly recommend that people get to know some electricians so that we can um, join our microwaves together. <coughs> Brucey, <Yeah. laughs> Brucey, going to start a, a digital asset a by guy, teaching us how to join our microwaves. There's a guy I. There's a guy I watched recently on YouTube who turned his microwave into a laser gun. So uh, I oh, saw that. Um, sort of guy that's that awesome. Styro, yeah. Styro Pyro, right? Styro Pyro. Styro, yeah, he's, he's right. He's fantastic yeah. entertainment. I highly recommend it. He is. <laughs> if, if, if you like that stuff, another good one is I did a thing, and he's actually an Australian uh, bloke. Oh, that rings oh, a bell. Right. I think I might have watched him in the past. Yeah, awesome. I did a thing. All right, going to look that one up again. Yep. Thank you. Good stuff. Like it's it, men. Men that are too smart are truly a danger to society. <laughs> yes, it's always when you come across something really awesome like that. I always look at like when this was posted, and it might be I don't know three years ago, twelve years ago, and I always think, mm, wonder if they're still alive. <laughs> well, apparently, well, I, I did a thing. CIA now. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I did a thing, uh, apparently got contacted by Australian authorities after he made uh, some sort of thing into a gun. It wasn't a gun. It was like <laughs> a shooting device that... A projectile uh, yeah, shooter. Yeah, a projectile shooter. Yeah, and well, that, excellent. that probably would have been um, ASIO. And ASIO themselves are under very much scrutiny at the moment. They are under severe investigation because they are an absolute... Bunch of I don't know what the word is. I know it. But I'm I sure think... you do. <laughs> Let's just use our imagination. Yeah, no, they're corrupt as if. So, um, yeah, I don't know where those investigations are actually going to go, but they are corrupt as hell. So, is it going to go to that ag- incompetent is that your, at best? Is that your, your like your firearms investigation people? Australian Securities, like a... something or other organization. In let me find out. Oh right, okay. But yeah, it's sort of like the um, I suppose your FBI sort of thing. Yeah, the, an overreaching government. So Australian Securities Intelligence Officer is that it? No, hang on. I should know this. Whatever, it's, it's ASIO. Uh, if you you know people like yeah. us are probably on ASIO lists. That should say it. I hope so. Oh no doubt. Why else would and I the, be doing this? You know, the yeah. point is that it's an uh, you know an overarching, uh, overreaching federal bloated, you know, department that shouldn't exist because it's a violation of human rights. Uh, gentlemen, they're absolutely has, useless. Yeah. Uh, except for they're helpful in taking your liberties and setting you up for things that you didn't do. <laughs> they are very effective in that. Yeah. Um, so Sir Tim said 3d printer go in yeah. Minecraft. <laughs> All right, Australian um, Security Intelligence Organization. 
So there's no in any of Personally, I, I welcome I welcome all feds to our program. We've got to get our listenership up somehow, haven't we? So it's great. <laughs> yeah, welcome to all feds. Thanks on. for joining us. Uh, hope we convert you yeah, very soon. Thanks, yeah, also, y'all gonna learn some stuff today. And before we head out, I just wanted uh, since we're talking about guns, uh, recently the ATF's pistol brace rule was shut down, as well as their eighty percent uh, receiver rule was shot down. Good. So yeah. Tim said uh, that uh, the so Bureau Tim's of last Alcohol really made me laugh. <laughs> What's that? He, he, he said, Sorry, so Tim said Bureau, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives sounds like a fun weekend, not a government agency. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could definitely be that. a store, like a Walmart-style store or a Costco-style store. I like a Costco-style store better. Justin loves Costco. <laughs> well, and I, last time we were there, I was thinking, like, man, it's too bad they don't sell guns and ammo because, like, I mean, do I need like a pack of 10, six hour, nine millimeters? Yes. No, but I need a few of them. Yeah, you do. You do. All right, everybody. This has been a really good episode. I am so happy that uh, Terry was able to be back with us, that we had um, a good group today. Good numbers. Very happy for that. Um, also happy for everybody that tuned in. Gentlemen Skeptic, Brucey, Tunes, Ando, Jen, thank you guys so much. I really, really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. Uh, Tim did say here that Costco is the best. They could sell ammo by the pallet. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, okay. Well, I we're going to go ahead and sign off now. So um, if you guys want to just go around, Stella, and then I'll... We'll go Stella, Terry, Justin, and then I'll close us out. Stella, Terry, Justin. That sounds like some sort of category of something. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, look, um, thanks like for... a fun weekend. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining yeah. us, everyone. Um, you know where to find us because you're already here. So where, where can they find us, Ashley? Just out of interest. Stella, I'm <laughs> glad you asked. They can find us at our Linktree page, which is unionoftheunknowns.com. That's all the myriad ways to get in touch with us. That includes email, Discord, you know, all the things. Also, I can be found uh, with the Union the of the Unknowns <laughs> uh, Twitter page at Union Unknowns. So thank you for asking. And, uh, you know, we Beautiful. do want to say if you enjoy the show, definitely feel free to share it with somebody that you think would enjoy it as well. Yeah, and sorry about the cussing, but, you know, you get that. <laughs> it's all fake and gay. <laughs> all right. Well, love your guts, and thanks for joining us, you guys. Good to see you, and I think we're out fairly soon, yeah? Yes, all we right. are. everyone. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks.